Hello and welcome. Stop. The music what? is still playing. Oh shit. Did it's... it stop? Yeah, it started over. Oh, whoops. Whoops. I must not have pushed it. That's anyways. Right. Welcome back to Miners of Mayhem. I'm Brianna and my mom Eden is here. Hi guys. I remembered to call you out this time. Oh, thank you. I feel <laughs> so special. Um this is a wicked case and it is very extensive so I kind of skipped over quite a bit um, but I think I did a pretty good job of including the important parts so what are we doing we are doing Harvey Miguel Robinson I have not heard this one. Oh well you're in for a treat <laughs> great born on December 6th 1974 in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Harvey grew up in a very troubled family. His father, Harvey Rodriguez Robinson, was an alcoholic who was abusive emotionally and physically to Harvey's mother, who eventually left. Harvey, the father, was convicted for brutally murdering Marlene E. Perez in 1963. Reports say that he had beaten her so badly that she was almost unrecognizable. This is the father? This is the father that committed this murder. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Okay. 30 years later, his son, Harvey, had a lot of admiration for his father, which leads us into Harvey Miguel Robinson's wicked story. In school, Harvey was known for being athletic. He even won awards for the essays he would write. Teachers loved and appreciated Harvey for being smart and active in school. But when he came addicted to drugs and alcohol, he started doing small crimes and showed signs of being a sociopath. And the small crimes being like burglary and just petty stuff. Yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Now I'm going to give you a definition of a sociopath. Okay. A sociopath is a mental health disorder characterized by disregard for other people. They tend to lie, break laws, act impulsively, and lack regard for their own safety and safety of others. The reason I gave this definition was because it describes Harvey to a T. He could not tell the difference between right and wrong, hated any kind of authority, and loved being feared of by others. Oh boy. His first arrest was just at nine years old. What? Yeah. What was what was that for? I I'm sure I think it was burglary. At nine. At nine. Yep. Oh my gosh. But don't quote me on that because I I didn't get too far into it. Right. Just because this is extensive the way it is. Oh. In just under a year, at 17 years old, Harvey attacked five women, which three of them he killed. So let's talk about the victims. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> Joan Burghardt was 29 years old and was an honor student at Palmerton High School. Joan suffered from depression and even threatened suicide a few times. Her parents, Stanley and Gladys, had been trying to reach her for two days, and when they were told that Joan didn't show up at her job, they rushed to her apartment in Allentown from Palmerton. She was also a nurse. I skipped over a line. I'm sorry. Before 
it says she was a nurse who loved music and was a honor student. Oh, okay. Um, Gladys told Stanley while driving, quote, if we see her car, then we know she's dead, unquote. When they arrived, police were already there, and Gladys said, quote, I knew then that something horrible happened, unquote. August 5th, 1992, Harvey broke into Joan's apartment and stole $50, which it was reported to the police. Okay. Four days later, the neighbors called the police to file a no a nose complaint, a nose <laughs> complaint, a noise complaint about music. That's when they discovered her body on the living room floor. She was beaten severe. Uh, I should give a trigger warning real quick for this whole case. It's brutal. There's rape. There's gore. So just be aware. And I'll try to do my best to throw in a trigger warning. So trigger warning. She was beaten severely on the head, leaving large amounts of blood on the couch, floor, and walls. She was wearing a sleep shirt and shorts. He had ripped them and pulled them up so she was naked from the waist down. It was determined that she was sexually assaulted. She was bludgeoned in the head 37 times, including her scalp, extensive skull fractures, and damage to the brain. The weapon is unknown, but the police suspected it was a piece of furniture. Oh, I shouldn't have pet your long-haired cat. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Bless you. Thank you. The weapon was circular, about half to three-quarter inch in diameter, and about 10 to 12 inches long. The force of the blow of the blows was so tremendous that it embedded hair between the fracture and skull. Oh, goodness. Joan fought for her life as she had defensive wounds on both hands. A couple quotes from Gladys, her mom, said of Joan, quote, What a wonderful person she was. She was very caring, generous, loving, and she was a fighter. She's a great loss to us, unquote. Now, Harvey had been arrested for burglary burglary that's such a word that's such a hard word um after after the murder of joan joan yes um and served 18 eight months in prison when he got out his what oh he wasn't convicted of the murder that was just for the burglary i'm like what okay sorry go on Um, When he got out, his next victim was 15-year-old newspaper carrier for the morning call, Charlotte Schmoyer. Now, I didn't look up how to say the last name, so I'm doing my best, and I'm sorry if I messed it up. On Wednesday, June 9, 1993, police got a missing persons call about the newspaper delivery girl. The caller became suspicious because the newspaper cart had been abandoned. When police showed up, they found the cart of newspapers, a Walkman radio, and a headset between two houses. They even found finger streaks on the window pane on one of the houses nearby. The police decided that there was a struggle and she had been abducted. Oh, no. 
While searching for Charlotte in a heavily wooded area, police came across a bloody trail that led them straight to Charlotte, who was buried under some logs. When they found her, her sweatshirt had been pulled up and her sweatpants pulled down. The autopsy showed that she was sexually assaulted, stabbed 22 times in the back and neck before her throat was slashed. 16 of the 22 stab wounds were on her back, with seven being fatal. Six stab wounds in the front by her neck, with one or three being fatal. Police took DNA from the sexual assault and some hair that they had found. The only leads that the police had was there was a blue car sighted in the area she was abducted from and the reservoir, but it was one or the other. It couldn't be confirmed that that the blue car was at both spots. On June 28, 1993, so just 19 days later, Denise Sam Callie is a 38-year-old, married and married. She was home alone that evening and woke up to noises. She got up and tried to run, but Harvey, Harvey, Harvey grabbed her. <laughs> he was able to hold her down even though she was fighting back. He covered her mouth, choked her, and punched her. He then raped her and ran off. Denise called the police because she did survive, but she had been beaten pretty badly. Apparently, she had strangulation marks on her head, strangulation marks on her neck. Her head was banged up and had a cut-up lip. I think he had intentions of killing her because there was a knife found by Denise's bathroom door on the floor. So, so she was lucky enough to survive. So did... Did he get interrupted, or I wonder why he didn't finish? I think because she just fought back. Tougher than, tougher than he thought. About two weeks later, Harvey strikes again. July 14, 1993, Jessica Fortney was brutally attacked and found dead in her bed. Um, Jessica Fortney was 47 years old, and she was a grandmother. She was found dead in her bed, half naked. Jessica's face was so swollen and looked black from the dried blood around her lips, eyes, nose, and neck. The autopsy showed that she died of strangulation and blunt force trauma and was also sexually assaulted. The report also says there were about 50 different injury patterns from a closed fist and with some sort of an object, like a ring. The report also indicates that the sexual assault took place after she had died, within hours. Ew. Also, just to mention his victims that were, that survived, which I went over, Denise Sam Kelly, and a five-year-old little girl. What? Harvey attacked a five-year-old girl. He had stalked her for days before breaking into her house, he raped her and a choked her, thinking she was dead, but she actually survived. A five-year-old? A five-year-old. So, 
Denise, Sam Kelly, um, the police actually used Denise as bait to catch Harvey. There was a shootout between Harvey and a police officer, Brian Lewis. Brian Lewis wounded Harvey in which he fled. Harvey ended up in the hospital from his wounds and was placed under arrest. On July 24th, Harvey was assigned public defender Carmen Marinelli, Mar Marinelli, something like that. I don't know. Marinelli? Maybe? Yeah. Who wanted three separate trials for the murder cases and the rape and attempted murder of the five-year-old separate. She also wanted to change venues due to the pub publicity it had in Allentown. The prosecutor Steinberg wanted one trial and even brought in an FBI analyst, Stephen Etter, to explain the sim similarities known to experts that these were the work of a sexually motivated serial killer. The judge lists listened to both sides and made the decision to make it one trial in Allentown. So the defense didn't get anything that they wanted. Um, uh, da -da, I lost my place. So between all the cases, the evidence, which includes blood, semen, pubic, and head hair, also, a shoe print impression that was on the face of one of the victims were all connected to Harvey. During trial, Denise Sam Callie testified telling the jury that Harvey was the one that tried assaulting her. Which, how you gotta be a strong person to be able to testify against your assailant. Oh, I couldn't imagine. I feel like it would be so hard to do. The trial lasted three weeks, and on November 8, 1994, Harvey was found guilty of the rapes and murders. Harvey even refused to testify. His defense team said that Harvey had been at a disadvantage and had no time to do better. Hadn't had time to do better. Yeah. That's what his. You know why they did, the didn't put him on the stand? Because he's well, a sociopath. Well, his defense team um, encouraged him to testify, but he refused. They, and They did? Yeah. Usually they don't. Mm -mm. But then, this is a part that I had left out. Um, he, so he was convicted and he wanted to do a mistrial because he felt his lawyers didn't tell him how bad it would hurt him if he didn't testify. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I skipped all of that just because well, it's such a long Did case. he get his way or no? Did, mm. it, did it mistrial? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. They did do another trial. Okay. Steinberg, the prosecutor, said, quote, if there ever was a case where the death penalty was warranted, this is such a case, unquote. Dr. Robert Sadoff, a forensic psychiatrist, testified for the defense saying that Harvey had a drug and alcohol dependency, antisocial personality disorder, experienced visual and auditory hallucinations, making all of this difficult to adjust to social norms, 
the doctor said that it it's not unusual for minors to do petty crimes and that Harvey turned to rape and murder to relieve stress. Oh, okay. He also said that if these young offenders receive help in a controlled setting at an early age, that they can improve, which that may be true, but Would why you- are you testifying this when it's a little too late for Harvey? You know well, what I mean? Right. Would you want to take that chance? No. No, me neither. On November 10th, the jury <clears throat> sentenced Harvey. Uh, hang on. <laughs> oh, Harvey to die by lethal injection. Har- he was how old? I'm sorry. He was 17 when he committed the crimes, uh-huh. and he was 18 when he was convicted. Um, The jury sentenced Harvey to die by lethal injection. Harvey showed absolutely no emotion. There is a lot more to this trial that I decided to go ahead and skip due to the fact that this case is so extensive, which I kind of explained that earlier. But Harvey was later resentenced to life in prison. He agreed to waive his rights to appeal in the Schmoyer case in exchange for a life sentence. However, in December 2013, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court upheld Harvey's death penalty in the Fortney murder case. In October 2019, a judge told Harvey to consider donating his brain to science, saying, quote, the one gift you can give, unquote. And Harvey is currently on death row. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And I believe he's one of the youngest serial killers to be on death row. Yeah. Yeah. I think Krista Pike was the other one, isn't she? The youngest woman to be on death row? Probably. I think so. Because this happened... You know, I think this happened after. And he's still Pike. sitting on death row. Yes. And this happened when? Um, 93. 93. 92 to 93. Wow. And if you look at pictures, he's such a scumbag looking piece of turd. Show me. I didn't bring my computer this time. Oh, you didn't? Uh-uh. Why? I, I was lazy. I'm oh, my gosh. My computer is asking me if I am a robot. <laughs> no, I am not a robot. Jeez. I had it pulled up earlier. Um, uh, yeah, right here. Like, he looks... Like, this picture here, he looks so creepy. That kind of looks like a your normal everyday guy. Yeah, he just looks like an everyday Joe that you would see walking through town. Yeah. Oh my God. He is currently forty eight years old. So he's been on death row since he's seventeen. Eighteen. Mhm. So hot, thirty years. Yeah, hot minute. Yep. Do they have a, a date set for his? Um, not that I could find. No. Okay. Yeah, that's the case of Harvey Miguel Robinson. What a nasty, nasty man. A five-year-old. 
yeah, that kind of made me sick. I hope he gets treated very well in prison. Mm-hmm. Insert sarcasm. No, just bless his heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't take too kindly to child. You are whispering. I am. I yes. Can, I hear myself really well in these earphones. Oh, okay. I'm whispering, literally? Pretty much. You must have did something to the settings, because I can hear myself just fine. Oh, okay. Well, as always, our hearts always go out to the victims. Um, if you have any case recommendations, advice, or if you just want to bullshit with us, you can um, email us at minersofmayhem at gmail.com. Um, we, ha- we have a Facebook now. Just go and look up Miners of Mayhem and look for our cute little doll picture. Yeah, and that's where we put up pictures of the cases, and I usually put up a link yep. to the case Yep, through Spotify. I'm not, Brianna's the Apple girl, so if you want to link to Apple, you'll have to talk to her about that. Uh, yeah, I could probably do that. All right. Well, we will see you on Sunday. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm. The one I I want to apologize for making you guys wait so long. You know, life kind of got in the way with a sick kiddo, and it's it's it that happens. season. It's that season for yeah. sure. But he's feeling better now, and we're ready to keep on going. Yeah, and the case I'm working on is so huge, so. I, I don't know if I can have it done by Sunday. Oh, can dang. you still not hear me? You're whispering. But anyways. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.